Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Welcome to the Cobracast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Etdog, VP Etridge. Uh, no baby today. Nah. nah, no baby today, mate. It's been a bit of a breeze, mate. This fatherhood stuff that everyone's talking about. She sleeps all night, doesn't cry. Mate. It's been an absolute, been easy. Yeah, mate. You're until what day? Day three. Day, <laughs> day, yeah, day two. This we were, <laughs> we're recording this last Thursday, pretty much straight after Friday's intro. Because I said to Rifty, I'm like, all right, mate. We're going live on this next Friday. Let's just bang out the intros on Thursday. That way, if I don't get any sleep over the next week, I'm not sitting there going, oh, I've got to record intros. So I can't be, can't be fucked. And when we've only got, we're going live next Friday, there's no need to sit in front of a computer for any longer than you have to. Well, then I have to. You've still got editing to do. So, but no, nah, I'm a, ask me next Friday, ask me on Friday how I'm going, mate. And I'll have an actual proper honest answer for you. Yeah, no, I look forward to asking. And, it's it's always good the first few months when they're yeah as a dad you pretty much just get to cuddle them and have naps on the couch with them and things like that um yeah have to put up with the breastfeeding and things like that so we've got a pretty easy job as dads oh we do mate but geez the couches at the hospital a bit unbody comfortable in the uh in the birthing as soon as they could make them a bit more comfy you know a bit of like a lazy boy or something like that for yeah, us like, yeah it would be good wouldn't it yeah there, there's there's the, the wife sitting there going through pain i'm just like do you not understand how uncomfortable this couch is yeah <laughs> i'm you still, kidding i you still would have managed to get a snooze yeah. in there i'm no i actually no i didn't actually i can't sleep out so i you know struggle to sleep out so so before having a baby i struggled to sleep sort of anywhere besides my bed but I reckon that could change from uh from now on. But I am only just taking the piss when I talk about the couch being uncomfortable and them complaining. It's uh watching Kelly, like my mum, I've had I had goldstone, so my mum said I've actually have has have experienced what contractions would feel like for a woman. I tell you right now, mate, fucking you don't want goldstones. <laughs> Cause when my mum said that what goldstones are probably a little bit worse, but that is the same. Like when you cramp up, it's the same contraction feelings. I'm like, well, fuck no, no, thank you. Yeah. And then you see people go out and have 20 kids. It's like, why? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't get it. But, um, you know, it's women, they're pretty remarkable in, in yeah. the pain they can tolerate and, and the things they go through just to, to give us children. But, yeah, but um, um, hats uh, off to all the women absolutely. out there. And we're actually off to Berlin today, mate. And I mentioned the other day when we spoke about this that I'm actually quite, th- I really like the fact that this episode's coming out not even a week after uh, little, little OJ's born due to the fact that <clears throat> just before this, the, the day before we record this ep- episode, I was starting to think about, okay, I'm having a daughter. And as you know, I was a bit, nah, she can go play soccer. She can, you know, there's not really, she can't go traveling the world and play football. Well, 
I learned that we're fucking so wrong about that and how women's footy is thriving. And I think, about, yeah, the day we recorded this was the first time I was like, you know what? If my daughter wants to go play Aussie rules and can become a superstar, I'll bloody help her. And yeah, the, these, uh, and these women were very, very passionate about uh, footy and women's footy in particular. So I was quite, I'm quite thankful this one's coming out um, and not too long after the birth of my daughter, just so I can, uh, as I've mentioned hundreds of times before, these are very, very heavily pre-recorded. So I'm actually looking forward to listening back on it and you know, hear myself talk about the epiphany that I had that day. <laughs> well, I know you love listening back to your own voice and hearing yourself talk it's, most times, it's, but you, now you might yeah. get something out of it. But yeah, they were um, two very passionate women about women's football and uh, Kat especially who grew up in Australia um, and sort of got to an age where she wasn't allowed to play football anymore because, you know, the boys still played under 15s or whatever it was, but there was no footy for the girls back when she was a young one. Um, so the fact that she's now got to travel the world and get to play the sport that she loves is fantastic. And yeah, it's great that a, you, you had the epiphany. Yeah, well, she played at a couple of clubs around the women's club, didn't she? She played, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure, in East Coast of America at the New York Magpies and then at the Crocs. So Yeah, so it was a, it was a great chat. And it, um so it goes for a little while, but we cover a lot. And uh, so, yeah, enjoy this one. We're joined by Kat, Rezzy, Bart and Matthew from the Berlin Crocs. And mate, hold on, mate. We, we just can't leave without letting them know about this week, though. This week's oh, yeah, completely we and utterly just Wednesday night. Two episodes, mate. Two episodes Wednesday night. Yeah, mate. Like, two. So we've got uh, six o'clock. We've got... I'm going to say Strasbourg. I've probably got these mixed up. But 6 o'clock, got Strasbourg. 6.30, we've got Waterland. Or they could be other way around. But other way yeah. around. Waterland yeah, wa- first. Waterland first and Strasbourg at 6.30. And then Friday, mate, we are 50th episode. We're live. We've got you. We've got me. What else do you want? But we figured well. we'll give the people what they want. Uh, Jamie Townend, president of West Lothian Eagles, is going to jump on and have a chat with us for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, being for the, those that have been playing along at home, guess from our very first episode. So we figured, uh, and because everything's slowly, slowly starting to get back to normal across there, we thought we'd catch up with him and see how the Eagles are travelling. Uh, the Cobra Cast number one fan, Jakey Burra Norris, is going to be jumping on. We might even get a rendition, rendition of horses going between me and him. Um, and that's it at the moment. We're working on a couple other special guests for the, for the, uh, the evening. But uh, yeah, we'll be on at 6.30 Friday night. So yeah. Jump on at six thirty. Watch us, our lovely faces, talk shit, and uh, then go straight to the footy. No, mate, could not think of a better Friday night to be honest. But and let's be uh, honest, mate. If you're in our metropolitan Melbourne, you got fuck all else to do. <laughs> well, and mate, by then we could be in stage four. Who knows? But until we, they, they, now, they, they, they might even sit there and say, "No, you're locked now. You can't even talk on Zoom to each other." Yeah, you might. Your <coughs> mic, please. Yeah. All right. I reckon but, I might need to go back to listen to the uh, Hotel Arab episode. That happens. <laughs> um, but go listen to it. reminder. Go yeah. go listen to OTL episode. And if you are having any troubles, um, make sure you reach out to somebody and everyone else. Make sure you're checking in on your mates at these times. Um, but and don't forget, if you're an essential worker and you don't have the time to sit in front of a computer and watch our two faces. We've got the audio version too, mate. iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. So search the CobraCast or just go, hey, Siri, play the CobraCast with the present VP and it will pop on up. Give it a subscribe, give us a review and Bob's your uncle. 
life is good. But enjoy this chat with outside Phil of Metropolitan Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Enjoy this yeah, one, right. and we'll catch you on the next one, the double header, before our live episode. All right. So recording now, and today we're joined by four guests from the. Berlin Crocodiles, we have Cat, uh, we have hey. Rezi, we have Bart, and we have Matthew. Hey, guys. Uh, How you going? Uh, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you getting on. After all those technical difficulties, we were able to work it all out and get it on. Um, so we're excited to learn about the Berlin Crocodiles. And um, first of all, for the two non-Aussies, uh, Rezi and Bart, I'd like to know, how you came across Aussie Rules game in the first place. Uh, would you like to start, Rezzy, or do you want me to take it? Yeah, sure. Ladies first, I guess. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I was actually studying abroad in Sweden, and a friend of mine, she was, um, she was dating an Australian guy back then, and they had a men's team in Malmö, but not a ladies' team, and she was like, okay, let's start this team, and you're going to come with me. And that was like, five, six years ago, like six years ago. And yeah, since then I've been playing Aussie Roots basically. Uh, and Bart? Um, I did my masters in Brisbane, I think 11 years ago. Uh, and I went to my first footy game there watching the Lions play. And I moved to Berlin afterwards. And I didn't even know they had a footy team here until three or four years later when I was talking to one of my friends how much I enjoyed that sport that I'd never seen before when I was in Australia. And then I signed up the same Thursday and I've been playing ever since. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. All right. So now for the two uh, Australians, we'll stick with the ladies first uh, <laughs> mentality. Uh, how did you guys come across footy in Berlin and get involved with the crocodiles? All right. So I'll start. So um, I've been living on and off in Berlin for the last five years, but properly for the last two and a half. Um, before that, my partner, um, Patrick, he actually used to play for the men's team. Yeah. So I sort of knew about the Crocs through them. Um, but it, back then, they just had a men's team. Um, we lived in New York for um, a year, and it was actually in New York that I picked up um, AFL. I'd always wanted to play in Australia. I played Auskick. Um, but then, obviously, back then, there were no... Uh, progressions for women and I went into netball and volleyball and swimming and all the other sports um, and just before it left for New York um, got to see the, the first women's league so it was really starting to be like oh okay this is possible we can do this um, but yeah so learned in New York and then came to Berlin and realized that hey wait a second we can play it here too so got in touch with the guys that I knew through my partners um, friends and then yeah they were super welcoming just came and trained with them for a couple of times and yeah it was great Very nice. How about you Matt? Yeah for me it was um, I don't know I, I just I honestly I just googled it it was on a bit of a women at prayer I've always played footy my whole life and when I moved to Berlin in 2014 um, I found myself sitting at home one night and I was like oh what are the odds and I just typed in Berlin football and up popped the Crocs and uh, reached out to the then coach uh, Ado and he said I'll come down Tuesday for training and 
that's how it happened. It was all pretty straightforward, really. <laughs> yeah, nice. It's uh, a bit of luck. Yeah. Quite incredible the amount of people. Like, you're actually a different story. A lot of people we've spoken to around the world actually lived in Australia for years and years and, years and never played football. It wasn't until they moved overseas they wanted a bit of that Australian, you know, a bit of homely feel. They actually went and played. So it's nice to know that, mm. and you as well, Kat, you know, you might not have played in Australia, but you've done the Oz kick, and it was pretty much only because of the fact that back then the progression stopped from moving into um, you know, yeah. you play pass on the 14s. So, but anyway, Riffy, mate, let's find out about the Crocs. Yeah, so uh, basically whoever can answer it, will just answer it for us. Uh, d- um, when were the Berlin Crocs first started? Um, I think I can answer that one, if uh, that's okay with everyone. Uh, the, uh, the Berlin Corps started in 2002. Uh, I think there were the 13 officially in Germany. There were only, uh, I think, Munich and Stuttgart before then. Uh, then in 2003, the Crocs played their first, or they, they actually joined the first season. So the first season where the Crocs actually played was 2003, but the club has been in existence since 2002. Very nice. Do you have any idea who that first game was against? It must have been against either. I think it was against the guy. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't there myself. Obviously, I've only been playing for the last seven or eight years. Or nine. Um, and um, I think Stuttgart. Uh, I remember seeing photos of it was just a van. So uh, just a couple of boys running a van, driving. What is it? Six, seven hours down to Stuttgart playing and hopping back on the van uh, probably you know there's a couple of frothies on the way i reckon uh and then just getting back here and getting back home it was all very um yeah it's a little different now but uh, that's what i uh when i was talking to the boys that have been around the club a bit longer i mean that's what i seemed to get what it was like in those early years they all just rented or drove their own cars down to cities on the other end of germany and uh, played their games yeah i'll tell you what my i cannot think of anything like just six hours to get to a place like as we've said many times we struggle to get blokes to travel 20 minutes for a game let alone needing to travel <laughs> multiple hours yeah um, that's the thing yeah it's, it's ridiculous and then you've got these clubs that actually need to fly around the place to get to games it's just yeah uh-huh. doesn't matter how many like i said you're our 31st club we've spoken to and it still doesn't commute like i still can understand how you guys can do it so easily. Drive six hours, six hours back, you're fine. But yeah, 20 yeah. minutes for us is a nightmare. But um, yeah. all right, let's, one of the ladies, you'd like to answer this one for me. Um, so when did the women's team start and how did it come about? Should I take that one? All right, so we've been um, officially playing as a women's team uh, since 2019. It was the inaugural season last year. Um, but as I mentioned before, um, so I moved back to Berlin in 2000, at the end of 2017. And um, yeah, same thing as I said before, like I knew the boys through, um, through my partner. And so in the start of 2018, I just hit up, hit up Will, um, Will Ackers and was like, hey, can I come and have a kit? Can I come and join training? And he was super receptive. Um, and so I just rocked up. Uh, one of the first like preseason, um, preseason trainings, um, and yeah, everyone was super welcoming. And 
basically from then um, I got in contact with a woman, Lisa Wilson, who was up in Hamburg. She's British um, and she was really looking to start a German league. Um, so I basically just jumped on her coattails and um, we started doing a couple of exhibition games. Um, basically, like I was traveling to Hamburg to do training with the women up there. Um, the Hamburg girls, a couple of people came down to Berlin. Um, basically, what we were trying to do is have uh, come and try sessions around Germany. Um, so in 2018, it was just a whole lot of um, basically anyone in the country who was a woman and who was playing um, AFL, we'd all play together. Um, sometimes we'd have enough women to have maybe five or six from Berlin against five or six from, um, from Hamburg. But basically the momentum just started rolling. Um, we sent our first team to the, um, what is it, the European Championships um, in 2018. So the women actually entered a wildcard um, team. We were given a wildcard, which was under the Hamburg Dockers, um, much to <laughs> now as a Berlin, as a proud Berlin croc, playing for the Dockers is uh, somewhat questionable, but um, no, we love those girls. And um, I was super, like we had a couple of girls from, from Berlin playing and um, yeah, it was super great. That was our first like official, this is Germany, this is Germany women's footy. Um, so yeah, I guess from then, like we, like we were pulling in um, the first couple of come and try sessions. I have to say it was um, a mixed bag of, of people. We had a lot of um, wives and girlfriends joining at first, which is always amazing. Um, and because, you know, these women have been around the club, which is such a supportive and welcoming club for so many years. And it just, like, because we just weren't having women at training, they were like, oh, wait a second, I can do that too. And so that was a really awesome experience to have those women that had already been part of the club to be joining. Um, but then we had a platform for, yeah, new people, people that had played um, in Sweden, like Resi or... Um, people that had come across from soccer. We had a couple of girls, um, like Annika, had been following the club for a few years, but hadn't really realised that women could play it. And then so as soon as we started being a bit more active on social media, being like, hey, women are involved, then, yeah, we started getting more numbers. And um, as I said, through those exhibition games, just going throughout Germany. And I think this is one thing that um, probably puts the women's league apart from the men's is that because of this first year in 2018 of us all having to play with each other um we've formed these relationships with the girls from the other teams where they're like of course on game day like we're against them and you know you'll hear me joke about Hamburg to no end but having said that like we have played with them and the first part of our league was all about just building community and supporting each other. And I think that um, that's what makes AFL, get the, get the acronym right, a AFLGW um, so special. So, yeah. I think it's definitely the, um, you've got the Australian mentality there that you'll sit there and give shit to your team up I'm not too sure where Hamburg is from your north or south. You'll get, sit Doesn't there and <laughs> give them shit. Yeah. Say that stuff them there. You know, 
We don't like them, we don't like them, but deep down, you actually do love them. I think that's definitely the Australian mentality coming out of you. So, um, like, for the Crocodiles, who was the first game under your banner for, for the girls? Women, sorry. So, yeah, that was, uh, we were playing against the Southern Kangaroo, which is a women's team made up of players from Munich and Stuttgart. And we played that last year in, in April, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we uh, won by 92. Two nil, yeah. Um, so yeah, but that was a. It was a lovely, lovely experience to actually walk on the pitch uh, with the games for with girls for the first time, having the jersey on and actually realizing like this is happening. Like we've got a proper team, and it's, it was great having the lads on the sideline cheering us on. And it was it was a good experience. Yeah, and just beautiful to be like, the, <laughs> on a football field, football field. Um, with these just like gorgeous mountains in the background mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like we're in the south of Germany. This is stunning. Um, one thing to note though, guys, uh, is that, yeah, we're playing Ninerside, um, where like, so the women's league in um, the AFL GW is still a Ninerside tournament. Um, so we're looking to eventually get up to 16 aside like the boys play. Um, and like the AFLW back at back at home um, in Australia, but yeah, for the time being, we're a nine-a-side um, league, which sort of suits the um, the newness of the league. But um, yeah, having said that, like those those that um, that first win, it felt pretty good. Yeah, 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 it felt pretty good. So there's two things that I'm learning from the doing all these interview, Rifty, is that the social side of all these clubs is bloody amazing. And they play at some picturesque places. Like, you know, with you guys playing mountains, we've heard about castles in the background. Here we go out and there's maybe a couple of houses behind the ground. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely haven't played in front of any uh, picturesque scenery at all whatsoever. Um, I I had this uh, this view of the skyline of the city once when I played. It's about as far as I've got for a good view. Yeah, most of the time it's a car up on blocks and... uh, (laughs) Someone, someone yelling because the footy's gone in their front yard or something like that. But uh, yeah, not quite picturesque mountain. Mind you, to bring it down a notch, I mean, our training, uh, one of our regular training grounds, is uh, in a public park here. Yeah, and, there's a castle um, in the background. <laughs> it does have a castle in the background. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that is a good point, but but it is riddled with rabbit holes. So when we have home, we also play some of our games there. I mean, we're trying to move to another, um, mostly have our games at um, at Myfield, which actually is also in front of one of the most famous buildings in Berlin, <laughs> the Olympia <laughs> Stadium. Um, but no, the, the, the park at Schiller, at Schiller Park, um, before we have a game, because it's a public park and because we're in Germany, um, it's legal to drink in parks and do barbecues in parks and everything. And yeah. so we have to basically stand in a line and walk over the, yeah. um, the field, picking up bottle caps, yeah. picking up glass, filling in holes. Yeah. Um, so it's a whole Moving thing. people that don't want to no, move. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, whole exactly. thing. Whole thing. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm not going to lie to you. As soon as you said you could drink openly in parks without being arrested, I lost track of what you're talking about. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a good you over. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, w- I was going to mention the, one of the grounds, but we've laid into that ground enough, so uh, we better, better not go there again. But... No, go ahead, much. No, nah, no, it's all right. There's a ground over here that we've we've hung enough shit on that's um, it doesn't sound much better it than was, uh, what you're dealing with. And it's, it was built it's in on one of the richest um, areas in the, in the yeah, country. It's, so. it's the richest area we play football in, and it was the ground was built on an old tip. Ah, tip, rubbish, rubbish tip. Oh, rubbish. I wasn't too sure how to word it. I'm like, we've got two Australians that they know what tip is. They can explain it for me. Uh, I used to play on a ground called the Chip. had a uh, had a wave in it at uh, the Red Hill Footy Club, and that the ball used to roll down the hill. It was that steep. (laughs) (laughs) This ground's got a very similar. It's got a pocket that just. uh, if I'm standing in the pocket, I can't be seen up in the ground because it's got. No. I'm only short. Wow. So. I mean, I think you're so short. The pitches were too shit. And then you add to it that it's literally a two kick. Like, you literally, if you can kick these, the ball about 40 to 50 meters, it's two kicks and you're at the other end of the ground. Yeah. And you get. I, I know this is probably going to be um, a little bit insensitive because I know a lot of clubs around the world don't actually have change rooms, but coming from an area that normally your change rooms are nice, they're good. At this club, you get changed in a basketball stadium change rooms. What's well, actually a toilet oh, block. Sorry, toilet, sorry, sorry, toilet block. Sorry, yeah. it's a toilet block. Yeah. My apologies. We, go, we actually get changed on the side of the public park. As I went to tell that story, I'm just like, I'm preaching to the wrong people here because yeah. we've learned they don't... Toilet, toilet block sounds really nice. Yeah, yeah, we actually had a meeting. Recording this, we actually had a player meeting to discuss um, all restrictions going in place uh, for football and we're not allowed to use our change rooms. I said to them, if any of you want a bitch, welcome to Europe because that's how they do it in Europe. So that's how we're going to do it here. So don't sit there and complain, oh, you can't go use the toilets in our nice, little, our nice club rooms because around the world... I don't know what club rooms are, so just embrace the uh, the global trend, I guess. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, our, our players have become soft. We got new change rooms about five years ago, and they are quite an upgrade on what our old ones used to be. So, guys, they've got used to having hot showers after training, and so you know they're, they're, they're yeah they're sharing sharing uh, you know shower gel and stuff and hey, you know, rift. Um, when, so when they, we, they're quite soft. When we jump off into <laughs> chat, right, can you just quickly edit this, take that little part out of this and put it on our players' page just to shut them up? Yeah. <laughs> it, it won't shut them up. But. Well, our, our, post-training, um, our post-training tradition is to walk down to the nearest Schwedi, which is, um, I guess, the German corner shop equivalent. And 7-Eleven, I would say. Yeah, well, 7-Eleven that sells beer. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, we, all, we all sit outside the Schwedi and, and have a, have uh-huh. a beer. Um, you said fine milk bar. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, no one smells good, but that's okay. No, it's fine. See, everybody, a lot of blokes have been whinging about not having change rooms. We've been told that we literally train and leave. So normally we'll have a bus, like an esky set up that we have a beer afterwards. And that's the most thing I'm most devastated about is the fact that I can't sit down a beer afterwards. So I would love to be uh, joining you guys at your corner shop or 7-Eleven for a beer. That's probably the least of our problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, beer's not an issue in Germany. We've got that one. It's always good when the girls play first because that means that we can 
Exactly. Enjoy the boys <laughs> game after. It's always a who's going to play first on match game is a who gets to enjoy the day okay. a little bit more. But sometimes it's complicated to umpire and all of you at the same time. So you really have to call yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, because we haven't actually, I just realized it was actually when you mentioned earlier about the women being a nine side and men being a 16 side. It's something we haven't actually touched on with any other guests is, so do you guys play obviously one after another? So similar to Australia with your reserves and your seniors, you guys have that system, but just women and men. Ooh, or men and women. <laughs> so I, should, I didn't mean as in the women or the men are reserves. I meant that that's, you know, and I won't say, hey, I'm a racist player. I prefer to play reserves because as you said, you play reserves, you can sit there on the cans, the beers and watch the other game. Yeah, no, I did say that. Um, <laughs> no, but I will just reiterate for your, for your listeners that um, women are not a reserve to the men and should not be. <laughs> that, that, wasn't, that wasn't what I meant, sorry. Um, I know, I know. But anyway, um, whenever I get a chance to drill at home, I just will. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but no, so we, we it, it depends on game day who we're playing and how, how many. So the women will play one game on game day. Um, we have, last year in our inaugural season, we had four teams in, yep. the, in the league, but the boys have eight. Is that right, guys? Seven or eight. Yeah, seven, seven or eight, eight. yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so the way that the, um, the scheduling works is that often the guys will play two games on the same day that we play one. And, um, you know, they try and make it so that the women's and men's teams are traveling together, but sometimes that doesn't work out. So sometimes um, a women's team will be playing somewhere where the men's team are playing somewhere else. We're lucky at the Berlin Crocs, like that's never happened for us. We've always been able to, whenever we have a travel, we've traveled with the guys, which um, makes it both financially easier and also just more fun. Um, but in terms of who plays first, like it depends on scheduling and that sort of stuff. Like, um, yeah, it's normally, normally we'll go between the guys. So they'll have like a game and then in between and then another game. Also, like there's a whole lot of things with wanting it to be fair as some of the guys' teams are playing multiple games in a day. If that happens every time, then potentially there could be some sort of um, advantage for playing at a certain time or traveling. And so the AFLG, um, the, the committee and the scheduling committee are really quite um, good at trying to make sure, I mean, it doesn't always work, but they're quite good at trying to make sure that it's fair for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the reason, uh, also, sorry. Yeah. no, you go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, just uh, Kat just mentioned uh, that women play nine side and the men play 16s. Um, so the guys actually play also nine sides for the first half of the season. Like we just mentioned, there's like seven or eight teams in Germany, and not all of them have enough members to field the full 16 side squad. So the first half of the season, we play nine side as well. And then I think it's around this time of year, maybe like the end of July. Uh, sorry, the, the, like the, sorry, the, the start of June, end of June, we swap like the biggest clubs swap to 16 aside, and we play our own league kind of thing, and then the smaller clubs play keep playing nine aside until the end of the season. Uh, I think the bigger clubs are correct me if I'm wrong here, please. Uh, Hamburg, Cologne, Nick, and Berlin, right? Uh -huh. 
Yeah, and then the smaller. Yes, four. Oh no, and uh, Dresden. Dresden. No, anyway, they're not big uh, enough. And then, oh, they um, used to be, but not now. Right, Frankfurt, Stuttgart, uh, and Dresden. Then they keep playing nine and such for the rest of the season. So we can use the same ground the first half, but then um, if the women play, like we have to swap or, or change the setup of the grounds then in between the games, uh, depending on uh, who plays first. And we like the nine side uh, games are a lot shorter. I think it's just twenty. We just play halves. We don't play quarters. We play twenty minute halves. Um, and the sixteen side games are full. Like there's four four twenty minute quarters then. Yeah. So yeah. we don't play two uh, two full games in the same day. Is uh, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the girls teams we play for the league last year. We played four fifteen minute quarters. Yeah. Um, so our women's league that so the Southern Football League that we play in has a women's league that they've started only oh, about three years. It's been running for now, I think three or four. Yeah, about that. Um, and they actually play Sundays because there's too many teams to accommodate um, playing on the same grounds and stuff. So they ha- they play as a Sunday comp. Sometimes they might have uh, like a showcase game that'll get to play on a good time slot on a Saturday somewhere, but. Yeah, majority of the women's games are on Sundays, and because a lot of, um, you know, when you you have sort of twenty four players, twenty two players per side, as we play full eighteen a side, um, they and you know you've got men coming in and out of change rooms, so they have to separate it all completely because they don't have separate change rooms for women, so mm. they have to keep it on separate days. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of clubs, unfortunately, that don't can't sort of accommodate women so they haven't been able to start women's side work uh, hopefully over the next couple of years. I was going to say speaking of women mate, the uh, expression of interest are open for 2021 for Sandown Women's if you want to yes, listening is keen to jump on board and get a woman and Sandown Women's we're uh, sending a message to the club because the expression of interest are open Yes, so we're one of the clubs that's uh, working on starting up a women's side um, hopefully like you said 2021 will be the year we uh get that off the ground. We were hoping to get it off the ground this year, but um, COVID had other plans. <laughs> um, but speaking of sort of uh, getting plays and all that, how hard has it been? I know the, the women's sort of only started, but how hard has it been for the, the men's team to to field the 16 aside and stay one of those clubs uh, as one of those four clubs that get to play the 16 aside game? It's been um, it's been pretty difficult. Like I mean, we've gotten a lot better in <clears throat> in previous years, but I remember the when I first started in 2014, um, it was I think probably one of the one of the worst years, at least in recent memory for the club as far as getting uh, players down. Um, it was actually I think so bad that we had a at our AGM at the end of the year we had a vote as to whether or not to stay a footy club or to actually become a social club uh, because. I mean, at trainings, we were getting like three or four blokes down and to field a game. I mean, it was... At home, we had no problems, but any of the away games was uh, was a bit tough and we kept having to forfeit. So, um, I remember that first year, was, it was pretty... It was, a, it was tough going, but um, since about 2015, um, I think it's been significantly better, um, especially for the, um, for the men's. The women's have just exploded. They, they get more down the training than the, than the blokes do most of the time. Um, true, but yeah. since about uh, since about 2015 though, and you know, I'm sure Barkin says as well, it's been it's been pretty good. We've always now we've got blokes, especially like 
last year, especially in this year. But unfortunately, what happened to COVID, it stopped it. But we've got blokes now fighting for spots, um, yeah. which is um, which, which is great for the club, uh, really. Because, uh, I mean, Berlin's such a transient city. People come and go. They come in for a year or stay mm-hmm. for two years. And then, you know, we have a good year and then we get a bad year. But at the moment, we've got a lot of blokes who are... We were really staying around for, for a long time and um, yeah, it's, it's, become a, it's become a really great atmosphere and it's really good to get that, that competitive side in, in, in Berlin and you know, really make sure, because it gets blokes down the training now because if you don't go to training, well, you're not going to get a kick on the, on the Saturday. Jeez, that'd be nice, wouldn't it, Rift? <laughs> yeah. Competition for spots. I, I think that's also a really um, interesting point um, about the transient nature of Berlin. And one thing that the women's team in particular has been trying to tap into, and the men are also doing the same. I mean, we have to admit social media has been like a really big platform for us. And I think in the last few years, I mean, I don't know, obviously the men beforehand, but definitely in the last few years, that has been one sort of avenue that has been um, a good way of showing people in Berlin that we're here. Um, but the particular thing about the transient nature is that, yeah, as, as Maddie said, like when you have a, a good team of just Australians and maybe they're there for um, two years, then the team goes down again. But so what we're really trying to do, and also in the men's team, but really just connect with um, German um, and local. What's that noise? It sounds like it's sounds my, like it's, it's my dog. Um, she's upset because <laughs> not not paying her any attention. She's. <laughs> she's like, why aren't you talking to me? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I thought it was what, a baby what, crying. Yeah, it's always. I thought it was a baby crying as well, but I'm like, I'm not, not going to say anything because in six or when this comes out, probably by now, it will be happening to me, and I don't, don't, don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yeah, yeah. Having having more into like having more German people um, or other non-Australian people that are living permanently in Berlin or have their lives here. Um, this is a really important way of developing the club and continuing the club over time. Like I know that some of the other women's teams, like in Frankfurt, essentially like the whole team is are, are German, and this is a really positive and interesting way to continue this I'm reminding you of course like it's always great to have um, Australians in the team and in 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 the women's team I think at the moment we have um, a bunch of women here who are either with Germans or um, kind of looking to be here permanently have been like a lot of our women have been here um, for quite a few years that's not to say we won't welcome somebody who's going to be here just for a season. Like, we'll take anyone. But, um, yeah, we are really looking to try and just, like, solidify that and just keep the tradition, like, start our own traditions. The boys have theirs. But really just keep that momentum going as, as we grow throughout the years. Yeah. And as much as, like, the diversity from the background, like, the national backgrounds, but also, like, we have, like, from the women's side, and it applies for the guys as well, too, to a degree that we have girls with a very different sports background, like some of have been playing rugby before, or baseball, or handball, or football. So it's like this mix is actually quite nice because everyone is then developing their own style. And then I guess it's a little bit different than to like the normal footy in Australia. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think you're seeing that at the AFLW 
level anyway. Like they've got a thing called, you know, the cross coders basically. It happens less with the men because there's, you know, so many years of pulling, pulling young, young guys all the way through. And I guess now you're seeing that happen with the women as well. But cross coding is such a big thing in the AFLW. And um, yeah, as Rezi said, like our rack is a is basketball player mm. and softball and yeah, everything. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a lot of backgrounds. And before we jumped on, um, Rezi, you mentioned you come from a Gaelic background. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh. I did not realize I had Gaelic football <laughs> over there. What's the you? What's the question? Oh, I was just sort of mentioned that you come from Gaelic background and like how do you sort of transition across to Australian rules? Um, yeah, I mean, that was the thing that like when I started um, studying in Sweden, I actually first played Gaelic football and then like the girls sort of like took me on to um, Aussie rules. And I think like for me, like I used to play handball uh, when I was younger. So like for me, to actually have then Gaelic football in between to actually know how to use my legs as well and how to take <laughs> a ball was like pretty handy. And um, but I still do that sometimes where I do the sidekick around the body and like all my coaches are like, you know, the big headaches when you see this. But it's just Rezzy holds the ball here when she runs as well. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and it's it's quite nice, like two, three years ago when the AFLW actually started with the cross quarters to see um, my God, what's her name? Like, Bailey, the Irish girls. Yeah, a lot of the Irish girls with a Gaelic background joining the AFLW and seeing like some of their you know, kicking technique on a much better and more level. Like, yeah, potentially I could do that too. And it's just, it's um, it's nice to see that, for example, when we play against the Irish national team, like that's, it's, it's so difficult because they're like so precise with kicking around the body and like they really have that very good setup and it's uh yeah but it's still a lot of fun and i think like both sports are quite complementary and we like we're also very close to the local uh, ga club here in berlin as well like there's a lot of like uh, players like a lot of men players that are playing football teams so that's and also for the women there yeah. there are a handful of girls that are playing both gaelic and australian but yeah it's also a social thing as well i mean like in their quiz nights and um, it's sort of really yeah. building. I mean, Maddie, did you play for the Gaelic team as well here or was that? No, I, I never did actually. I, I always wanted to go down because I never played Gaelic before. So I wanted to get down and sort of um, give it a go, but it's just time. Like, the older I get, the less time <laughs> I seem to have. <laughs> yeah, fair but um, so we, we actually, oh gosh, one week pre-corona, we just got in time. We, we had a, um, uh, footy versus bushfires fundraiser um, to raise the money for the. I, I mean, it feels like a a year ago, you know, ago. like with everything yeah, that's nice. happened yeah. this year. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, as we are a, a, an Australian community as well, um, a lot of our community was really hit by um, what was happening back home with the bushfires, and I know personally. Um, you know, watching places that I've been visiting, like in East Gippsland, just completely get decimated. Um, and then feeling like you're so far away and like you really cannot do anything. So that was quite tricky. But the, the, the beautiful thing about our club is that there are so many people that share the experience that I have. Um, and so it, all, all you have to do is, you know, message someone from the team being like, hey, I'm feeling this. And like, the chances are they're going to be feeling kind of the same way. So this is really 
um, something to note, maybe <laughs> the emotional side of, um, of the expat footy community. But um, with the uh, bushfire um, um, tournament that we held, um, we had four, how many girls teams? Three girls. Three girls teams, three girls teams, and then six men's teams. But the Gaelic guys actually won yeah. that tournament. The, uh, yeah. the Berlin Gaelic team won the uh, bushfires versus <laughs> versus what do you think? Um, but I just want to note the, the Berlin women's team won that tournament. No, very nice. It's um, <laughs> it's been great to hear what uh, that people are using their football communities to help, um, you know, with causes back home, and and it's also great to hear that, like you said, you know, being involved in a football team, you have, uh, you know, people that are experiencing similar things to you and and know what you're going through, um, you know, with things that are you know, back home, and and um, it's great that, and we're finding you know a lot of people have joint football clubs for that support. You know, they haven't, like uh, we, we were speaking about before we jumped on, uh, there's a lot of expats that never played Aussie rules back home. They might've been, you know, from uh, Queensland or Sydney or wherever where AFL is not as big. So they don't have that Aussie rules background, but they've found that they've joined an Aussie rules club because that's their, that connection to back home and where they've able to have, you know, similar relationships and social lives to what they would have had back home um, that they otherwise wouldn't get living in these, you know, foreign places. And it sounds a bit cheesy, but the, the phrase like a home away from home actually applies to, to a lot of clubs like this year, I reckon. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, yeah, I mean, our, I, I can't, I can speak for the men a little bit, but I mean, our community, I'm getting like goosebumps here thinking about like our community here of the women, like it's just, it's been such a joy um, being part of this community and like having these girls, like where, you know, especially during Corona time, like catching up, like with our upstand walk and being sensible and all of these things. But, you know, just having people to chat to about things, but all be pushing each other to do um, like keep our fitness up and you know by doing by challenging each other and I don't know like we it's it's really it's really been a amazing way to feel home in a new city yeah. so yeah so you sit there and say you know feel home in a new city we used to ask one of the questions we used to ask our guests was what was one of your favorite moments involved I think we still do every now and then involved in the club where you are and we spoke to Houston Lone Stars president and he was pretty much one of the people on the ground floor when he was 19. He was one of the first ones to help start the club up. And he was saying his favourite moment was, I think, a year or two ago, he literally stood back at a presentation night and almost had a tear in his eye going, we've got our own community. I, I, we've seen it through the times where you know, shit wasn't good and we were struggling to get it through. They're still around 20 years later. And he, that was his favourite moment was that, pride that he felt in it, but their own community. He's got mates that he's going to have for life due to Aussie rules. And he's a local Texan. So it's, it's nice to know that coming from someone that's moved across there, it's still, it's a home away from home. And even people that have never been around what we have in Australia as football, which we are, myself and Rifty are slowly starting to realise we take for granted is that connection through football. Um, yeah, it's fantastic that all around the world, it um, resonates with people, whether they've been Australian or not. So, but anyway, Rifter, 
time for you. Your question, mate, and just ruin my night, were. All right. So, one of my favourite questions to ask now is about the social side of the club, and it sounds like you guys have a pretty good social side. But the most important thing, and I think one of the best nights on everyone's calendar, would have to be the AFL Grand Final. Uh, so, what do you guys <laughs> do over in uh, Berlin for the AFL Grand Final day? Well, it's 5 a.m. If you look up the, the term day, drink, day drinking, I think this is like, we kind of define this on that day because we start yeah. on like three or four in the morning. Like we had last time, like a, like a bar that was hosting us and we could do a couple of, of games and just kept on until the evening. But I think you guys, Maddie, like you've been there like... <laughs> Going strong on that day, maybe you want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, that makes me seem like an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> no, on the grand final, that's one of the one of the best days, I think, um, because it uh, it's, it's it's always difficult to get a lot of good people around the club together to watch AFL back home, um, and it's always it's always always been a great. Uh, I mean, I've been to well since twenty fourteen. I've attended every single grand final day, and and it's great fun. I mean. Um, uh, they're just getting everybody around, watching the footy. And I mean, the hardest part is getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning and cracking your first beer at half past five. Uh, having brekkie beers can be a bit tough sometimes, but um, it's, it's, always, it's always a great day. Um, and I've, I've always thoroughly loved it. And one of our blokes there, it's a footy club guy called Ado, it's his favourite day of the year. And um, uh-huh. you know, it's a lot of guys' favourite days of the year. And uh, yeah, we all just, we all really love it. <laughs> it, used to be my, it used to be my favourite day of the year. Not anymore, it's not. <laughs> so I'll explain why. Ed Dog here, he hosts Grand Final Day every every year. He hosts it at his house. And again, as you are the 31st club that we have spoke to, he's he used to ask that question. And after about the third or fourth club that made his Grand Final Day seem like nothing, and all, all the big extravagant things these clubs are doing, he thought, no, I'm never asking that question ever again. So I've taken over. I'm enjoying it. It, it actually disappeared off the run sheet. Yeah. And um, I, it was probably about three or four after I stopped asking it, he, really, he sort of clicked. He's like, wait a minute, we haven't mentioned that. And he brought it up and I cracked the shits and I kept telling him that as you would, when I sent the questions to you guys today, I had nothing, no grand final on there. I'm just hoping one day he might forget about it, but... It doesn't seem to want to. As long as it upsets you and as long as it's uh, a good day with everyone else, I'm going to keep asking it. So. That's it. I, I actually um, had forgotten, but going to the grand final day at Belushi's. So Belushi's is our um, our sponsor. I'm not sure if we're allowed to talk about sponsors on this thing. Hashtag but, um, Belushi's. Oh, no, sorry. No, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well into our next question. So. Belushi's is our... Uh, Team sponsor. They're a um, uh, an Australian bar here in in Berlin, um, but they have hosted the a grand final night for years and years and years. Um, and so, actually, when I was here about six years ago, um, as just as a traveller, um, I went down downstairs to Belushi's and and watched um, watched the grand final there, and didn't make the connection that most of the guys in the room there were probably props. <coughs> But I had no idea back back then. Um, but that but that day also, like I mean, it brings. It's the only Australian bar in in Berlin. Thankfully, there aren't too many of them. Um, 
no offense to those kind of bars, but um, <laughs> but it's a, it's always like you have a mix of Crocs people, you have a mix of, of travelers and everything. But yeah, in the last couple of years, we've we've had like a Crocs event at our own sort of bar because we have so many people, so we can do that. Yeah, it's grown so big now that we have to have our own venue. We can't sort of slot yeah. into other places that are that are doing yeah, it. So. Yeah, that's, right. uh, that's fantastic, and um. We've found also that it has been a, a way a lot of uh, people have come across Aussie rules overseas is that they've just happened to be at a bar and the grand final was on and someone's like, yeah, well, we actually play it and why don't you come over here? So it's, uh, it's been a good tool for people. Always be recruiting. Yeah. Yeah, Always but, be yeah. recruiting. <laughs> See, Rift, I actually reckon we've had, they've joked about me making a, my way around the world every year, just different grand final day. But you've just mentioned about recruiting. And I reckon I could get paid to go to these grand final days because that is my expertise is recruiting from blind drunk. <laughs> you can always use more of them. He has, he has a track record. He's recruited a few of our players while, while uh, being quite intoxicated himself. You've got to get him at the right time, though, because there is a point where he goes a little too incoherent and uh, yeah, he won't be able to recruit too many. There's a sweet spot of about an hour. <laughs> we actually have a reward system at our club so if you bring someone down to the club so we have like an internal Berlin league that we play amongst ourselves because we're quite a large club and we put into four teams north, west, east and south uh, Berlin and um, if you recruit and you recruit well you can get some good players and because you're the one that recruited them they automatically get put into your Berlin league club That's yeah. um, so it's like an added incentive so if you get a bloke who says oh he played AFL back home in Australia and you go oh beauty come down and play for the Crocs <laughs> then he automatically yeah. gets to join your team because you're the one that recruited him so it's an added incentive yeah. there falls no, down right. a bit when it comes to the women's team because that means that all of the women in, in the Crocs would be the Crows Crow, which is fine yeah. that's fine that's great <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bart's the captain of the Crows. I say that I've never actually played a game with the Crows, but technically, myself and all of the women are Crows. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, you mentioned uh, having a bar as a sponsor. Uh, how hard has it been for the club to get sponsors and, and, and you know hold on to those sponsors for a while? Maddie, do you want to answer this? Oh, I was going to say, I was going to handball this on the butt. I reckon, um, <laughs> I, I, I got... Yeah, I got no, it's fine. It's fine. It's, fine. it's just that my internet... Oh, yeah, treasure Treasurer of Bart. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yes, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I've, I've not really been doing those things lately. Uh, but no, um, sponsoring is... Oof, uh, it's hard. I mean... I, I just like Maddie and, and Kat just said, I feel that the sport has really been growing over the last couple of years. Women's teams and like Maddie said, uh, competition for sports, but it's still a very unknown sport in Germany. And if you go to any sort of small business or whatever with the proposition, hey, do you want to sponsor our team? Sure. Uh, is it the soccer team? Is it the basketball team? No, it's Australian rules football. It's what? Sorry. So it's, um, yeah, we've definitely tried. Um, we, what we sometimes do get is small offers. Like uh, one of the boys uh, works for a printing company. So we got a banner free that we hang up at the games. Uh, sometimes uh, people have 
created beer, sponsored uh, through their companies for our games uh, or stickers or something, something small. But the, the biggest sponsor we have right now is still the Polish Youth Bar. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's 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 hard mostly because nobody knows about the sport. So why would you why would you want to sponsor a sport that barely anyone knows? Is usually what we're running to. Um, that's a bit of an issue. We have the same, um, uh, like we mentioned earlier, we're still playing the public park. We've been looking for, like sharing just uh, a training grounds that has uh, change rooms, for example. Uh, but it, we run into the same issue. Nobody knows what it is. And uh, yeah, that's, that's maybe going to be a bit better in the upcoming <laughs> non-existent season because of COVID. But um, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's difficult. It's uh, like because nobody's ever heard of footy before. Yeah, it's incredible that the fact that you guys struggle to get sponsors over there because no one's heard of the game, and a lot of clubs over here struggle to get sponsors because there's too many clubs trying to dip into the pocket of everybody. But um, yeah. let's move on to a bit of a your old playing life. So, uh, Bart, so you're obviously uh, from Holland. Apparently, um, you play actually represent the uh, the Dutch team. Um, you actually play with our mate Yaz from Waterland, the Eagles. This is true, yeah. Great guy. Love him. This is a, it's a funny story, actually. Um, so the girls just mentioned that they sent their inaugural girls team to the Champions League. The Crocs went there as well after uh, we won the championship in 17. So we were there in March 2018. And we played against the boys from Amsterdam. Jazz was also playing. Nine-a-side tournament. And it was a really rough game. Like a bit of a... Uh, push and shove, a bit of biff going on all over the field. And a very intense game. The Crocs lost by a point. And then a couple of months later, I was playing for the Dutch national team. And it was all the same guys from this Amsterdam <laughs> team that I had to play with. Um, so it was a bit tense in the beginning, but uh, now it worked out really well. Uh, we're still in the WhatsApp group from the tournament in Sweden where we went last time. Uh, yeah, uh, I think the next one is supposed to be the end of July. In Scotland, is that still on? Um, don't know, but uh, yeah, no, we still talk to each other. Uh, yeah, great guy. Just playing the back line again. Ah, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. When she, when the ladies mentioned to us that you'd represented Holland before we started, I'm like, all right, I've got to ask about Yaz because he did. He definitely seemed like a very laid back character when we spoke to him. How many times have you represented the yeah. country? Uh, twice now. Twice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, funny you mentioned uh, Jazz being laid back. He is really. <laughs> And Blue starts playing football. <laughs> he, uh, he definitely looks like someone like that, though. He looks like he'd be very yeah. like he was sitting there when we were chatting to him. And he had his um, yeah, I think his daughter. He was sitting there feeding his yeah. daughter food while he was sitting there chatting away to us, and just very laid back. And but he had that. Yeah, and you could just sort of tell once he crossed white line fever. I guess you would call oh, it. Oh yes, I'm very happy to be playing the same team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, Kat. So you mentioned as well that you actually assistant coach of Germany. But you're not a strategic coach, you're more of the you know, hug around, the high five type of coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not the coach this anymore or not part of the coaching team anymore. This year I took a step back from that um, to let the people that know what they're doing <laughs> step into that role. So, um, yeah, our, our mutual friend uh, Tim is now um, in that role and our, another member from our um, Berlin community, um, Ray, is also going to be in the assistant coach um uh role for the for the next ic cup 
Um, and then, yeah, Lisa Wilson will be heading up the, the, coaching, the coaching team for that. Um, I basically kind of fell into that role through default um, as our first ever Euro Cup. Um, I actually had been cleared to play um, for the German team because there was uh, a rule that if you were a um, founding member um, of the AFLG, then you were going to be able to, like, they were, they were making up the rules, basically, but they were like, you can play because you were one of the, you know, initiators. But then in the lead up to the Euro Cup, we just had more and more and more and more German women. And it was like, oh, there is no way I am taking the field when we have so many like German women that can like continue to play in this role. So then, yeah, it was a pretty easy decision for me. I mean, A, I'm not very good at footy and B, um, <laughs> I, get to, <laughs> I get to be on the side. And, um, but it was, I mean, that first Euro Cup, so Lisa and myself were the coaches and um, it was just such an incredible experience to watch the German Eagles out there for the first time and... Um, yeah, I'm get, I get it. I get, I get quite emotional when it comes to like women and footy. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I've ever watched an AFLW game and not cried. Like, I get. Separate this. Separate. Come on. I'll cut in there. I'll butt in there. Like, you mentioned about you get emotional talking about um, footy and women. So, as. I've explained that I am having a daughter. By the time this comes out, hopefully she's not too far away. And I, as soon as I, I wanted a boy, I'm not going to lie. I was devastated when I found out I was having a girl and now I've grown to accept it. And I was like, no, nah, I'll let her off. And, you know, if she won't play 40, I'll get her to go play some other sports. And now after talking to all these clubs around the world, I'm actually realizing that women's footy is actually probably bigger around the world than what it is in Australia. And it's actually changed my mindset to go, you know what, if she wants to play footy, she can. Where originally I was like, it had nothing to do with, you know, footy is a men's sport, but it was sort of like, well, I wanted, wanted to be able to go, if she wants to go travel around the world, she can play the sport wherever she goes. And I'm actually learning that she's going to be able to do that with Aussie rules. So now I'm actually like, okay, now nah, stuff you. I'm going to push her into Aussie rules now. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think something about the numbers in Australia, I mean, definitely what you said is correct about the international community. Um, like in in america there's just so many women's teams um um shout out to the new york magpies which is where i got my beginnings but um in australia like i mean isn't there some ridiculous number about the amount of women that are enrolled in country and community footy like yeah it has it's, it's exploded but in is, such a yeah. short time yeah and it's yeah. like that follow the money like i don't know that's where it is. I mean, I mean, in overseas, we we obviously, as Bart said, and it's a it's a big thing. Like there are so many AFL teams everywhere. What you were saying um, about um, teams trying to fight for sponsorship, we kind of have that in a small way, but with the AFL itself. So the AFL gives a certain amount of money to um, you know AFL America, AFL US, AFL Europe um afl asia um and then all of the country teams kind of have to come from that and then all of the city teams then also have to come from that so it's like this 
trickle down of really not much money. <laughs> but um, so we make do on our on our own. But um, sorry, that was a bit of a rant. Um, <laughs> didn't no, really go no, that's there. Fine, that's fine. But um, but yeah, uh, no, I mean it's awesome. Like women can play this sport, and I think I think the reason why I get so emotional about it um, is not just because I'm a bit of a sook anyway, but um, <laughs> which is true no but it's like this is a sport that i've been watching my whole life and like i i didn't realize how much it meant to me until i started seeing people that looked like me playing and this thing about representation is so so important because you really can't be what you, I mean, it's such a cliche, but you can't be what you can't be. And having this, in, like, seeing these women <laughs> on the ground, like, I was at the first Carlton Collingwood game at Victoria Park. I managed to get in. And I think, like, I'm a Collingwood supporter, but I think, like, I mean, I was screaming for Darcy Vessio, like, the whole game. Like, you know, I think I was just, I think I called out, like, go footy, go women. Like, that was all I was saying. Like, I wasn't like, oh, Collingwood, Carlton. Not to mention that Carlton won that game, but that's... You could have just kept that quiet. It's a good choice. <laughs> good choice. They were the but, like, team. that's the thing, though. Like, it was just, I was so excited just to see women playing footy. And, yeah, I don't know. I think I just, like, I carry that with me every time. And each time that I get to see the Eagles, like, these women, like, these German women just have picked up the game and who are killing it like just in a year going from not being able to kick a ball to like freaking running down the field and like they're just doing amazing stuff like yeah it's a really proud um proud's not the right word it's it's more like i i feel um privileged to be able to watch this happen in real time no, it's, <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, a, it's a fantastic point you made and something um, that the women playing overseas don't have to deal with is the fact that they're uh, in Australia, there is that stereotype of it's a man's game and the, the women's game is still trying to overcome those stereotypes and, and it is hindering the growth of the game where, you know, you go to the football and 90% of the crowd is made up of, you know, adults that are 50 plus years old that have watched football their whole life. And they've never seen women's game until two, three years ago. And they still look at it and say, it's a man's game. Women shouldn't be playing it. And it's, it's wrong. It shouldn't, that's not an attitude that should be had. And, um, you know, when Ed Dog found out he was having a daughter, I, I messaged him and said, Oh, well, at least she'll be able to play AFLW, you know, like, that's going to be an option for his for his kid growing up. That you know, I remember playing school footy back when I was a kid and playing with the girls, and you know they were allowed to play until 13, 14 years old. Then then that was it. They never got to play football again. So you, you speak of that riff about only being able to play 13, 14. Um, mentioning about AFLW, I actually played football with a AFLW Western well, Western Bulldogs player, Hannah Scott, in juniors. She, I think, under ten, under. And the 10s under 11, she actually won the best and fairest for the team that we were in. Yeah. The first year, it was sort of debatable. A lot of people, like my, my mum sits there and goes, I think she may have won it because she was a girl. And, but she goes, the second year she won it, it was 
there was no question. She was the she was better than any bloke on that team. And I can sit there and it was a little bit of a joke between the bloke club, me and another bloke finished runners up. It was a bit of a joke going, ah, oh, we lost to a woman, is what it is. As soon as she got drafted, it was we got beat by an AFL player. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And that's the thing, though. Like, as soon as that starts happening more, and it is, like, you see people like Prepathbris, I can't say her name properly, sorry, um, who has gone from in 2019 being the rising star and then 2020 season being the best on field. Like, and and she's come from, like, she had an uninterrupted um, footy experience. You know, so you start yeah. to see these girls that are going all the way through from the very beginning. That's what's so exciting. And I think that the more that we see that, the more, like, it's just going to grow and grow. But I think, what, um, Ricky, what you said before about the international experience, like, we have a bit of a benefit in that way. Um, I think it's important to note that, like, it kind of can be also a double-edged sword. I mean, in the Berlin experience, I, I have to say it's been nothing but welcoming, like, absolutely the guys were just like, come on board, like straight away. But um, maybe something like, I mean, we've been sugarcoating a lot of the football experience, but maybe something to note also is that um, because of the expat sort of nature of it, sometimes some of the negative things about footy, like, and I'm not saying this is happening in the Berlin League at all, um, but sometimes you know, like something that's like, it's, a really like oh it's like like maybe it's a language thing maybe it's a um you know i'm trying to find like one exact example but basically like things that are like oh that's just footy then they're taught to the people here that have never experienced that culture and then for instance then the germans think oh but that's just how it is like that's just footy right but so I think that there's like there's two sides of this thing. Like we are sort of like this separate um, thing, and we can we can push the positive sides of that. But we also have to be careful not to just be like, oh well, that's just like take the thing in Australia, transplant it, and then it sort of stays stagnant. Like it doesn't grow. It doesn't doesn't have that constant response. Like you know, in Australia, you've got a footy show every day of the week during the season. It doesn't happen now. So we're not getting that constant um, reverb to sort of go, are we doing the right thing? Is this the right, like, do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's pretty, much, that, it's pretty much if someone comes across there and says, that's football, that's what you yeah. do. No one, no one can sit there and argue it because they, they're unaware. So yeah. if someone was to walk in and say, okay, well, back in Australia, women aren't allowed to play football, if someone doesn't know, they're going to assume that's obviously correct. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... it's. But it works the other way as well, because then yeah. you can say, well, women do play it, and then and this is how we want to do it. Yeah. And you just make your own community, and you make your own sort of, you know, benefits in that way. So, yeah, I think it's just important to note that it does go both ways. Yeah. And I'm probably not speaking out of school here, Rifty, when I sit there and say a lot of things that people in Australia sit there and go, that's footy. Is bullshit. There's a lot of things that they sit there and say that's what footy is. It's not. It's, it's that's your that might be maybe your mentality, but that's why you're stuck back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I digress. I could go. I, I could go on a tangent about that for about ten for about ten hours. So, <laughs> so the uh, another thing it, it was uh, like I've my dad's played footy his whole life. 
He's he retired at 58 years old. Uh, he played his last game, and most of his mates are still playing well into their 60s. So, um, but I remember watching a women's game back when he was playing in his you know early uh, late 30s, early 40s when I was real young, and there was some women's footy back then, but they were big, rough and tumble women that most of the blokes were scared of because <laughs> you know they they weren't. Um, the typical athletes that we are now seeing that get to play the game now. And because most of the other women that were, you know, might've been made good footballers were intimidated by these bigger women that, you know, pro- played rugby and they played physical sports or, you know, some of them even had like wrestling backgrounds and things like that. And I, like, I remember that was, it was kind of like, Oh, well they can play cause they're big and tough and strong. So it's sort of acceptable. And, you know, it's a shame that women like Erin Phillips, who's an absolute jet of a player, couldn't have played Aussie rules at the peak of her career. And, you know, she went overseas, played uh, WNBA because that's the professional avenue she could take. Whereas she, uh, you know, she's been an absolute jet playing it now. But I only imagine what she would have, how good she would have been playing at the peak of her career, playing back when she was in her mid-20s and, and, um, you know, before she's had children and all those sorts of things that, would, uh, you know, you could only imagine how much better she would have been as a player. And, and like you said, with uh, Chris Parkas, who wins a, a rising star and a BNF the year after because she's grown up playing it and she hasn't had to go, oh, well, okay, I'm 14 years old now. I've got to go play basketball or netball to have any chance at playing a professional sport. Um but I think the boys have been left out for a while now. We've spoken a fair bit about <laughs> the women's stuff. Um, but we're going to bring everyone back in now. We want to know um, about some of your teammates. And it's what we like to call throwing your teammates under the bus. Um, so, my favourite segment. So this is reply screen for That's my favourite question. Yeah. Um, so what we'll do is we'll ask the question. We'll start with the ladies up top, go down to Bart and then Matt and Hopefully, you're all come up with pretty similar answers because it's. Uh, I reckon it's funnier when everyone universally agrees on something. But um, all right, Ed dog, what's the first one? Uh, who at the crocodiles would you say is the ladies' man, or likes to think they are? Sorry, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a difficult one. Like, so many of our guys are all shacked up though, so it's exactly. a very <laughs> Same for the girls. Like, I mean, there's no one going around perfectly, like, you know, trying to in score, uh, increase their score. So it's, um, <laughs> at least not that I know. <laughs> um, I wouldn't know. Like, who's ladies the ladies man? man? I, think, I think we've got him on screen. This guy. <laughs> A bus already got thrown okay. under the bus. My favorite, my, my, <laughs> no, so my favorite part about that is right. She points, but on everyone else's screen, everyone's on the shot. So I'm like, oh, oh Matt's, Matt, Matt's the ladies' man, apparently. <laughs> um, I don't know, boys. Maybe you, you're better at answering this than we are. You're gonna have a. You got to write a reply here, Bart. So you want to throw <laughs> someone else under the bus? Uh, we'll also, we'll also throw Bart under the bus on this one. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is fantastic, really. Okay. Um, ladies, man. Uh, oh, is, there, is, is there any of the women's players that fancy themselves as a bit of a player that, you know, like to uh, 
get around and string the string the boys along or anything like that that you might want to throw oh, one girl. of the girls under the bus yeah. or girls guys girls whatever i'm not um, um as no, i said it's, we're all... said. it's very yeah. hard to word that question isn't it rift <laughs> I was trying my best to the other day, that. The other, the other day we, we had um I don't which some club on Irish, Irish, Irish club and I'm like I can't work out a way to word the ladies' man but have it directed like about females. He's like, I oh, just do it, like, I can't do it. And as you say in there, he got halfway through what he was saying and realized that doesn't come out, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> well, I mean we have a we have a couple um in our um in our team who are actually just about to get married. That's pretty cool. Um, we're a super inclusive LGBTQ club as well. So I think that's important to note. Um, but yeah, we're all kind of shacked up. Yeah, basically. Boring. Yeah, so am I, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, have an, I have an appointment at two o'clock, guys. So I'm going to take you on the road with me. If that's nah, you're right. Up, so if you see me, nah. you see me moving, it's because I've got a, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Gal, I still talk, but it's just I'm on the move. <laughs> oh, good. You sound to get to the toilet. Yes. Oh, that's exactly where I was going. I mean, it was a bowel movement. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, start with the ladies again. So who would be the class clown of the club? Jack. Jack. Yeah. We've got this one, this one dude on the team, and he is like every, like he brings up the, the most hilarious scenarios, like forgetting the jerseys. I think during the um, award... <laughs> Award night. He has actually won. What kind of award did he won? The Darwin Award. Yeah, I think. Darwin it was Award. I think it was unanimous. Maybe like yeah, thirty was, votes. There were no other votes. It was just Jack in different scenarios. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe you can explain why Jack's nickname is Seven Gold Jack. Oh, it was the first game he played. Um, played in a forward line in a pocket. And um, yeah, he kicked seven goals straight, and it was amazing. And then we were all like, "Wow, no, no, no!" He kicked six goals. Oh, that's right. I'd completely forgot about that. But he claimed it was seven. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> so right. See, he did too. I've been manipulated. Propaganda at its finest. That's a good forward. That, that's a bloody good forward. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I just yeah, watched it. I just Sorry. watched a video about not trusting your own memories. So um, Bart has unfortunately been a, a victim of having a memory implanted yeah. that he actually kicked the seven. Yeah. So the story's uh, taken over, and you've uh, yeah. you got a false memory there. But all right, who who's the uh, the biggest party animal? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I reckon that one goes to Rockstar. I reckon. Yeah, oh, yeah. I reckon that title goes to goes to Rockstar. I think. Yeah, I mean, you don't get a name like Rockstar unless you're uh, <laughs> unless you're a bit of a party animal. Throw him under the bus for that one. <laughs> nice. I'm I'm enjoying to get this uh, scenic tour. Of yeah, Berlin, I was just so. thinking that. I'm like, we might need to get him to turn his screen around. And just give us a quick <laughs> tour of the, uh, <laughs> the area. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just I'm in a, I'm in the back of an Uber now. So. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe I can hold the camera. Does this mean that we can sit there and say we've been in the back of a German Uber, Rifty? Yep. Yep. You can now, yeah. We've only got a couple more questions where you'd be able to jump off. Maddie, can you just mute your mic? Yeah, my driver. There we go. Yeah, nice. 
All right. Um, so who's the person that takes the game far too seriously? Once they step over that white line. In the girls' team? In the girls' hey, team? I, I would, one for I either. That's Marie. Like she's very dedicated and very focused, and like she's she's so competitive. Like oh yeah, and not just not just on the pitch, but even like you would have a fucking board game night, and she's like trying to smash it, and she would get so upset if she's <laughs> losing it or just comes second place. So I it's, think it's more that everything gets turned into a game. Yeah, yeah, Marie for Marie. sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here very, very quietly because that's uh, that's me. Sounds like a dog there. I mean, you've got to have one in the team. It's that, like, come this on. Yeah. I've, 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 I have flipped the board at Monopoly once, so. <laughs> Haven't we all? Uh, uh, it's a shit game. It, re- it really is. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what about for the, the men's team? Um, it's a tough one, actually. This is a good question. I think Dean was always very serious. This is our coach from last year who moved like this. Uh, but it was always very, I liked it because it was always very inspiring. Uh, I find that you need a certain amount of seriousness and dedication when you step on the pitch. Um, and he definitely brought that to the team. But someone who takes it too seriously. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think anyone really does. I think everyone's got like a healthy balance of like, oh, you know. Maybe, maybe Puss. Maybe Puss oh. sometimes takes it a bit too seriously. Yeah. Would you agree? Or maybe back in the day, yeah. old, old Troy. Maybe. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, but that that's, was. So that's, an odd... that's very long ago. That's like five yeah. years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe, maybe Puss now and then Troy back then. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's, I think it's a healthy. I think it's a healthy balance, though, I think, between being competitive and just not wanting to lose, I don't think. I don't think anyone's, like, you know, throwing their toys out of the cot uh, if, they're, uh, if they're losing every time sort of thing, so. One thing I've noticed through all your answers is plenty of nicknames. A lot of clubs we've spoken to have said that they've got to start getting nicknames. It's not part of their, you know, their culture at their club, but they want to get it going. So who at the club... And I actually want one from the men and one from the women's team, from all of you, has the best nickname. The thing is, like, the, the nickname culture hasn't really started yet in the, in the women's team, I'd say. Like, we don't have these funny nicknames. We're just... No. I reckon, yeah, we've just got pretty simple ones. It's all, about, it's all about trying to uh, have the shortest name possible, right? So, because um, you don't want to be screaming out, like, I mean, Rezi's name is Teresa, but there's no way I'm going to call out Teresa on the, on the Too pitch. Many syllables. Too many syllables. None of that. Yeah. Um, and we have, like, for instance, Georgia. I would never call her Georgia on the pitch. I would always call her G, just G, George. It's all about shortness, but I think the boys really, um, the boys really have it when it comes to the uh, the nicknames. I mean, we have we have Puss, we have Danger, we have Rockstar, yeah, uh, Sweet Chili Philly. See, so they're all just good yeah. names. Like, I can't actually say <laughs> the best. They're all good. What's the best story that you can tell on a podcast though about, about a nickname? But you should tell the story about the um about the songs because I think that's kind of unique. This is fun, yeah. So, we were a couple of boys, uh, like the getting back into how far I said that these away games sometimes are, um, it is, a, it is a commitment, obviously, especially if you go to Stuttgart or Munich, that's like seven, six hours you're in the train. 
but that's also part of the experience, right? Especially on the way in, everyone's tired and you kind of do that together. And on the way back, you buy a couple of crates of beer because, well, I don't think you're technically allowed to drink on the train, but you know, anyway. And um, so during one of these train rides back home, uh, we noticed that there was a, a couple of players uh, that still didn't have nicknames. And then just whatever tune was on at the time, you start just making shit up for, uh, for that specific player. And there was one player called Phil, a German guy who's only recently started like two or three, two or three years ago. Uh, um, when wasn't it? The song on the background. Sweet chili Philly, yeah. Sweet chili Philly for me is what started. And then, um, what else did we have? Uh, we had James Sunderland, uh, who uh, with uh, Sunderstruck is what we started singing. So there's just uh, a whole team of drunken footy boys yeah, and girls shouting that through the, through the train. Uh, what else did we have? Oh yeah, Rowan. Yeah, Rowan Eagle. Yeah, yeah. That's also a good one. So we started making songs up for everyone. Um, yeah, and that's uh, kind of how these nicknames are all around. But the best one, I um, I think Danger Dave is a good one. <laughs> Danger Dave sounds like uh, <laughs> sounds like a really big dangerous guy. But uh, yeah, he's uh, uh, he's just. Uh, rather small boned and just really quick so he doesn't really look dangerous at all so that's uh, that's the funniest one i think danger the sweetest uh, is sweetest a good one. i don't know why he's does anyone know that that's Chuka, know yeah because uh, yeah. i don't know actually how that one came about oh no because he um that's right he uh it was in his it was his nickname back home he um because hmm. apparently there's a beer in wa that's called chooks or something or some Type of beer I can't remember, but he, he came after the beer that he was drinking. Uh, I thought from, it was like, like a bush chook. I, I, don't, I don't know what a bush chook is. Bush there's, a beer, there's a beer in WA called Emu. Is that sort of? Is it a bit of a? Oh, maybe that's it. That? It came from some sort of some sort of beer uh, that was called Bush Chooks or something like that, and then uh, he got the name Chook um, yeah. out of that from from how I believe. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I do love stories by nicknames. We've got a bloke at our... Oh, we got, you go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry, we've got, we've got like, you know, a guy called Wild Bill and Rockstar and oh, all kinds yeah. of things. So we've got, uh, we've, got some, uh, we've got some great names for some of the yeah. blokes around the yeah. club, I must say. <laughs> so you guys sat there and talked about how the nicknames come about for blokes. At our club, our blokes just give them to themselves. I think tonight okay. there was another... I think, Hall Hay tonight gave himself another nickname. It was like his 10th in three weeks. It's just... Because <laughs> he's trying to get rid of nicknames that he's got that we've given him and he doesn't like. So he's trying to give himself one that he, he likes, which it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing, right? I mean, that's why Puss is called Puss. So yeah. <laughs> he, he basically was like, you guys, when he started, the, the story goes, when he started at the tech club, people were like, oh, what's your nickname? You know... Um, his name is actually Felix. So for, for the first year, I thought it was a really clever Felix the cat. Well, that's as soon as you said Felix, that's what I've thought. Totally. So I thought, I was like, cool, logical nickname. It's, it's, that's it's, really it's, funny. It's nice. It's smart. No, turns out, um, <laughs> turns out it just was like, he was like, 
you guys can call me anything, just don't call me puss. And then, yeah. and then no, that was, um, pussy. that was Trev. That was, no, that was, that was Trev. Oh, yeah, and Trev. That was, Trev. Oh, was that, was that the same? Trev. The same, yeah. same, same story. Uh, I asked him, uh, Trev's name is actually Jan. So I asked him if he wanted to be called Jan or Yen or how to pronounce it. And then he said, whatever you do, whatever you want, as long as you can call me Trevor. Okay. okay well, <laughs> Again, for the first six months, I thought Trev's name was Trev. Like, yeah. I thought that was yeah. his name, but turns out his name is Jan. Yeah, so we've had uh, many nicknames at our club and it wasn't, there was a guy we called Killer. I didn't know his real name until he actually added me on Facebook about three years after knowing him. And I get this notification that says, Warren's added you as a friend. I'm like, who the hell is Warren? And it uh, turns out it was this guy I've called Killer. But one of my favorite nicknames we've had at the club at one point was Turtle. And it's, he, got the nick- <laughs> he got the nickname Turtle because every time he went for an overhead mark, he would shit himself and duck his head like a turtle going into his shell. So <laughs> I reckon that's one you've got to try and get someone over there with that. If, if you see somebody ducking ahead, t- taking an overhead mark, you've got to get Turtle. I'd, I'd like to hear a story oh, of, of someone getting we could, them over We there. can sit there and give like a, someone that likes to wrap up tackles, call them the bear trap, and then get them to roll their ankle in a preseason camp. We had a bloke <laughs> that um, nicknamed himself bear trap, like one good tackle in preseason, called himself bear trap. It wasn't sticking. Everyone's just like, no, it doesn't work. On a preseason camp, he jumps up on, what was it, Rift, like an obstacle wall? Yeah, we were doing an obstacle course. He had to climb over like a, a log that was maybe two metres off the ground. And so he's up the top and he sat there and going, bear trap. And as he's jumped off it, he's rolled his ankle. So, so all you hear is, bear trap. Ah! <laughs> and ever since then, it stuck because only because of that incident. Where if it hadn't happened, it would just be back to one of the other 30,000 nicknames that he has. But before we get out of here, one thing I'd like to know is what numbers do you wear? One. Uh, one. I'm, I'm wearing the number six. Six? Um, number nine. Do you want to tell backstory to that? No. Oh, I mean, if, you've got, I, if, if you've got one. Oh, go ahead, Matt. What number do you wear? I, uh, I wear the number 12. 12. Oh. But I, mean, your... I don't have a fixed number. It's just the number I always grab out of the Guernsey jacket, out of the, nah. the Guernsey thing. So that's, that's my story. <laughs> just hogging it. Uh, well, what's yours, Rosie? <laughs> oh, mine was... Um, oh, the, the number that I'm wearing is just number six, but it just I think it was just super random uh, when I was younger. Like I guess that was one of the few jerseys that was still sort of like left over from the handball team. And then I thought like, okay, I'm the sixth person in my family, so maybe I'm that's my number then and since then I was lucky enough to uh, wear that number quite often. I mean the benefit of being in brand new club is that our inaugural team basically got to choose our numbers. Yeah. Um, there isn't any competition of who's got the numbers so I'm, I'm number 22 um, and that's because I wore 22 back at New York, um, New York Magpies was my First number, um, so when I first came over, um, it wasn't available in the boys because they or someone already had 22. So I actually got 42, which is a- Hey, there we go. Hey, I'm <laughs> hoping you get that. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. Ah, yes. Um, I've, I've got no idea, it's just 42. No? I thought that's why you're getting so excited. <laughs> no, it's that's, 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 that's- Why do you wear 42? Uh, cause uh-huh. when I was younger, I'm a bigger bloke. I'm, 
always been the tallest bloke in, in Australia. It was uh, the higher numbers of the bigger jumpers. <laughs> oh, right. I wore that and then it's sort of just ever since then, I've always worn it. You know, 42 is the meaning of life, right? I have been told that and I yeah. just... Yeah, so this is, this, is, this is why I was wearing it yeah. because... I'm, from I just look at it. <laughs> I just look at it that you know I'm the meaning of my wife's life. That's why we're 42. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but what number do you wear? One, right? Uh, we're at number nine. Uh, also, just uh, I think I wore number 16 during my first two years. But then I bought the jersey and it was home. And then I forgot it. And then I needed a new one. I got number nine. So I've been wearing that one. Um, no, but uh, I've also been wearing that one when I play for the Dutch team. So it has the number nine is, yeah, stuck, kind of. Um, I also got really upset. There was one away game last season where somebody else wore, I think Jesse wore number nine. I really didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not nice. Not nice. We were talking the other day about um, players at our club. I, think we're talk- I don't know which, who club, which club we're talking to, but I was saying like, oh, it doesn't matter what number you wear, who cares? And we're just like, our blokes at our clubs would crap the shits about numbers. Mm. And so it's nice to hear that Bart's like, he wasn't happy about someone wearing number nine. Yeah, nah. No, yeah. I, think, I think we're pretty respectful of like, no, 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 that's your number. Like, uh. Yeah, we have guys that would uh, legitimately not play unless they're wearing their number. And Ed Dog's pretty mm. much one of them. <laughs> that's, a, um, that's a goddamn lie, and you know it. Luxury. No, 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 no. That's a lie. So when I first got the sand down, forty-two was taken by the senior captain, who I yeah. just happened to I come down with. I waited until he'd walked away from the club before I went after it. So I don't sit there and say I wouldn't play. You did almost reconsider playing for the club when you found out you couldn't get forty-two. <laughs> you, know, so. you know, I'm actually sitting here telling that you're a lie. But if someone was to walk in now and go, "I'm forty-two," I'd probably punch him in the face. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> um, well, it's been fantastic uh, talking to you guys. Um, thanks for taking us on a little tour of uh, Berlin. We didn't get to see much but the back of the Uber, but it was great. No, I just got my it. ugly mug the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we had a great chat. And um, if uh, well, by the time this goes out, we'll we'll should have been back in our rooms, and we'll try and organise a couple of polos or something to send over to you guys as a cool. thank you for coming on. And great, uh, yeah, we're gonna you wish you all the beanies. best. Oh yeah, they're, dev- they're definitely quality beanies. That's for yeah, sure. I do need them for my bald head. Um, can I just say one more thing before oh, we sign yeah. off about um, if anyone's listening and wants to come and join. Um, get in touch with the Berlin Crocs. We're on Instagram at the Berlin Crocs. Um, and yeah, just send us a message and um, the person will put you in touch with either the women's or the men's team. And we're slowly starting to come back into training, like obviously all by the, the German rules and everything. Um, but yeah, so we're slowly going, kind of trying to get our training happening again. But yeah, if anyone's interested, get in touch with us. Um, you do not have to have any footy experience. You don't have to, like, just if you feel like playing, let us know and, yeah, get in touch. I will uh, definitely share all your socials and and, um, pub that up for you. And the same goes for you guys. If you're ever over in Australia or back in Australia looking for a place to have a kick, our doors are always open at uh, Edinburgh Reserve. Um, 
but yeah, best of luck with everything. Hope you guys can get some training and hopefully get some games at the tail end of this year and, and get a Euro Cup next year and uh, yeah, have some success in the, the season to come. Cool. Thanks so much, guys. Right. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. All right. See you later. Bye. 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 Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.